Sports fans and podcast listeners, uh, you're here with me, John, talking about, well, the podcast show. I'm in a bit of a windy area as well, so, uh, you know, as much as I'd like to get it perfect for you, I kind of can't, so I thought, fuck it, you're going to get what you get, really. I guess it's going to be like this on the trip back home as well, talking in environments where it's going to be a bit noisy, so, you know, it adds to the whole spirit of it, doesn't it? So, um, so I kind of wanted to do this this podcast uh audio story whatever you want to call it um just to kind of like share what i'm up to and where i'm at at the moment i kind of want to do it as a as a regular thing anyway um i know i've been doing a lot of the interview stuff and sharing a lot of that uh, recently that um i haven't really sort of explained what i'm doing and when i do speak to people about it they you know enjoy the podcast but they don't really know what's going on so i kind of just wanted to do these kind of 20 minute uh updates of where i'm at because what I'm about to do is pretty pretty big. Um, some people are quite surprised by it when you tell them, and I've just become a bit like, oh yeah, you know, it's uh, it's not that bad. Um, but I guess it is it is kind of quite a big um, thing to do, um, and I'd like to actually share that with everyone as well. So anyone else thinking of doing bike packing uh, across the world or even just locally um, might find this um, slightly a bit of influence for them to, to do it or um, a bit of motivation um, maybe even give them some ideas even even the shit I get wrong I'm going to share so it's not going to be a, a lovely story all the time um, so I basically wanted to, to just go back to kind of where it all started to be honest um, I guess I can probably jump back about two years because this this idea of me cycling home was never never planned really it kind of be, became an idea I had and I just jumped on it and, and decided to commit um, so if we go back, I don't know, two, maybe three years, uh, I was working in London, um, working in quite a big, big job. And I think at the time I was, I was not really disillusioned, but, but didn't really have a huge motivation for, for something. So I always would end up just um, doing things that would just cost money and um, wouldn't really kind of get anything from it. So, you know, drinking with friends and going out and doing things that were... I guess I guess it's wrong to say you know wasn't really interesting. Uh, I guess it wasn't fulfilling is the word I'm looking for. Um, something I guess that kind of gives you a future, something that that gives you something to aim for. I guess when you're working full time in a role that you don't really uh, enjoy as much, um, and you're not doing anything outside of that 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 gives you direction, then you kind of just become I guess just pedaling the uh, pedaling the wheel of just the the rat race of of working in London. So. I guess the main thing really for me was that I just didn't have anything going on that was that was keeping me there. So the idea to come to New Zealand as well wasn't really a dream as such. It was um, just an idea I kind of had and that I wanted to to, to jump on it and, and, and do it. And uh, if you've ever done this before, I'm on a working holiday visa at the moment. Uh, and what that means is I can come here for a year to two years at work most of that time or some of that time or none of that time. Uh, and spend the rest of it traveling or basically doing whatever you want to do um, which is pretty cool so that only exists for people between 18 and 30 so i was coming up to my 30th um and i kind of was aware of of getting 30 and after that point if you don't get it you're never going to get it uh i mean you can still travel to the country uh, as a tourist that's fine but uh, i really wanted to do it it was on my mind i had no real goals and what to do so uh, as I hit 30, um, I read a little bit about it and 
what you can do is once you hit 30 you've got you've got one year obviously until you hit 31 to apply for that working holiday visa so I waited obviously till the last minute till I was 31 applied for the visa got the visa and then they give you one year to arrive in the country so you've got one year to to arrive and then as soon as you arrive that's when it activates uh, your your 12 month visa so um, yeah I kind of fast forward I'm pretty much coming up to the end of that 12 months now um, and I never had the idea to, to cycle back home the plan was always to go back home um, start something that uh, would involve cycling um, but never to, to pedal home and actually this is where I want to give the biggest shout out to um, world spoke people um, and that's Anek and Tane uh, and these are two guys that like, popped up on a, a news article somewhere I'm sure it was I'm sure it was the Guardian or, or, or maybe a blog I can't remember where I found them but um, they were leaving London and heading back to New Zealand cycling and uh, as soon as I saw it and I saw kind of what the trip was and I saw like the, the planned route and I kind of looked a little bit more it kind of like just stuck as, as a seed in your head that kind of doesn't go away um, and then the more I saw them kind of doing their trip and sharing the trip which is which is really cool and, and guys if you're listening I'm, I'm kind of really appreciate you kind of sharing everything that you do and that kind of then inspired me to do, do something similar um, but doing that kind of gave me a bit of an insight into to the, the cultures the people um, and the different kind of places you end up seeing so I was uh yeah kind of motivated by that so then I I was then working in a in a bike shop and I think that's probably this is probably where I most my um I guess most of my ideas from is actually working with uh, a guy called Tim White who owns, uh, well, used to own T. White's Bike Shop, which is based in Auckland. It's a really old, 10-year-old business, independent. Um, it's got its really own feel and style and the, and the kind of thing that is very individual. You would never see this this place anywhere else um, in the world, uh, I guess, or you would if there'd be very few and far between. Um, it's not like a normal bike shop where it's just full of the big glass display cabinets and the nice uh, brand new um, bar workstation you know all the latest tools and the all the big stock floor of, of bikes that you know the ones that we kind of used to seeing uh, something really individual uh, and then as I kind of worked on a day-to-day basis I was um, you know when you're working on a bike you're working in, a, in something where your your mind can wander you you end up just thinking about um, those things that are in the back of your head you know like the cycling back home and um, one of the things that that I found really uh, interesting is the, the the kind of stories that that Tim would share and I would share from back in London and uh, other places in Europe that kind of inspired me. Um, and that's when the kind of <clears throat> the idea of the, the the podcast came came to life. Really, I think because I was massively into podcasts at the time as well. I was listening to them like you know every other night um, and. The, the kind of reason why I like the podcast is 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 due to the the way you can create the story, um, not just talk. Um, so you can actually create something that um, uh, allows people to imagine, rather than a, a video can't do that. Um, and it's a kind of a small niche. And I thought, okay, it's kind of cool. It's kind of more simple. Uh, it's easy to execute, I guess, if you want to just get a mic and, and and get on with it. So that's when I had that idea, and then it kind of took me a while to to commit to doing it like I guess most stuff you kind of sit on the idea for a while and you never really get around to doing it but then uh, actually I had this list of people that I made up and and the first one was was Barbara Cuthbert so if you if you listen to that one that's episode one um and that was the the, the when I had the, had all the equipment um kind of most of the equipment and uh and I thought well okay 
I'll email Barbara or email these people that I want to talk to. So I emailed Barbara, um, and it was kind of like one of those emails you kind of write for ages, you look at, you wait for a week, you think about it, you think about it again, and then you don't send it, and it becomes another week and another week. And I just thought, you know what, fuck it. I'll just It's just an email. Um, and I just kind of sent it and then closed it and then kind of forgot about it. Um, and and good on her, she kind of like um, jumped on it. She, she emailed me back straight away, said, yes, great. Let's do it. When do you want to do it? I can book a meeting room. Let's meet here. Um, let's get a coffee. Let's talk. And then she threw a, a diary a calendar into my um, a Google account. Um, and she, she kind of like, you, you know, got hit the ground running, you know, when it should have been me doing that. But it was great, really, because otherwise I would have probably stalled a little bit and, and not really had the motivation to get on with it. But, yeah, she did that. And then I did that interview, the first one. And um, it was it was a really great interview. Um, but yeah, I learned quite a lot. So that's kind of like where we all kind of started and kind of where I am, uh, at the moment. Okay guys, welcome back. Uh, welcome back helicopter. Goodbye helicopter. So, um, I was going to talk about the, uh, the trip, the, 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 the actual route as well. Um, because I get this quite a lot where people say, oh, you know, there's a there's a bit of an ocean between you and where you're going. Well, yeah, I know that, you know, it's obviously, I'm not going to get a pedalo and, and pedal across on a boat, am I? So, obviously going to take a plane, uh, skip that bit, um, and then get to the country and pedal from there. So, you can uh, skip that question, if you see me. Um, but, yeah, the plan route, um, I'm going to leave New Zealand fly over to Sydney which actually I've just this moment booked my flight to Sydney uh, I'm going to be leaving on the 7th of March this year so which is quite scary because it means I've not got much time left to get all my shit together um, I'll talk a little bit about the shit I've got to organize uh, as well so but the route is going to be me flying from Auckland over to Sydney which is about a four-hour flight and then when I land in Sydney I'll then kick around there for a few days I've got some podcast people that I want to talk to um, if you know anyone as well that's that's in Sydney, worth talking to, then then give me a shout. Um, it'd be cool to sort of hook up with with people with cool stories that might be interested in talking. Um, and then from there, I kind of I don't go through the middle, which some people have made that uh, comment because um, no, I'll probably die of of thirst by that point. But um, and it's probably going to be quite boring. But uh, I'm going to go south. I'm going to fo- almost follow the coast all around to um, to. Melbourne, and then uh, head from Melbourne round to Perth, which is on the opposite side uh, from Sydney. And then from there, I'm taking a flight. I mean, that's going to take, it's quite a big, um, big country, actually, but that's probably going to take about two months, I reckon. I haven't done the, the planning of the the kilometres. Usually, you just can plan the route, and then you can take the kilometres and divide that up by uh, X days and see what you're left with, and then just adjust it based on that. But um, I think... What I'm going to do is is just take every day as it comes um, and just see where I get to. I mean, obviously, that's going to be a problem when it comes to booking accommodation, but I'm also going to be taking my tent with me so I can pitch it wherever I feel like. But um, I should be okay to accomplish uh, anything uh, above 100 kilometers per day because I'm going to be waking up pretty early, riding, having lunch, riding again, and then by that point, I'll knock out um, 100K quite, quite easily. Um, but... But yeah, when I get to, to Perth, and then I'm going to fly over to Kuala Lumpur, uh, which is in Malaysia. 
and then get the bike, put the bike together. And then from there, really, that's the kind of the, probably the most challenging part because I guess riding through Australia is going to be, I guess, uh, you know, the, the most Western country um, this side of the Southern Hemisphere, you know. Um, and then when you cross over into Asia, it's a completely different culture, um, different way of life, uh, different terrain, different different things going on, um, which from a podcasting point of view is going to be quite interesting, but from a cycling point of view, it's going to be uh, more of a challenge or, or more of a big, big change. Um, but then from Malaysia, then I guess I end up in India over the next three months uh, because I then go north and travel through Thailand and, and all the other Asian countries there that I can't remember right now um but i actually should mention this this whole route i had no uh, i had no planning behind it this wasn't me that did this i didn't really uh put a huge amount of of, of effort into knowing which direction i would go it was actually again uh world spokespeople uh anek and, and tane who cycled from from london back to here and i remember a question this is another shout out to those guys really for for kind of dropping that seed um is that they uh i actually mentioned to them you know is there a, is there an issue cycling the opposite way around you know for, for me most people seem to be going from the from the west to the east um not the opposite way around and i thought oh, maybe there's some something in that maybe this this is my naive kind of bikepacking kind of question really is there anything wrong with with doing it the opposite way around is there you know more headwind i've no idea um, and they were like, no, no, we've had headwind the whole way, so or half the way, so it's kind of, I don't think it comes anywhere. So, so yeah, I kind of jumped on there, kind of trip, and uh, just to describe a bit more about the actual route itself. So imagine going through uh, the Asian countries, um, coming out into India, and then pedaling across India, which I have no idea which way I'm going to go, and then you take a flight, what I believe, and it's what um, uh, Tane and uh, Anek did. And they took a flight from the west coast somewhere and they went over to uh, Dubai and then hung out in Dubai for a while and then took a, a boat up to, or a boat or a plane, I'm not sure, up to uh, the south of Iran and then cycled through Iran. Um, so, so taking the flight, I guess, skips out that big section uh, of the Middle East, which is, can be quite dangerous, but also quite boring from what I've, what I've read about. I know some people said, oh yeah, it's, it'd be quite cool to cycle through that, but... You know, it's not. This is not a trip to 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 you know risk my life or to risk you know um, something happening. It's 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 really a trip to talk to people about their cycling stories. Um, and and after did a little bit of research about how you can possibly travel through those uh, more dangerous areas. Uh, when I did find out about them and read about them, they were mostly just big open stretches of roads where you're just you know you have cars zipping past at super speeds and um, and it's kind of a bit boring and you have to take uh, convoys to cover big distances because you're not allowed to cycle on, the, on some of the roads, the big highways. Um, so all that kind of shit just did, just was like, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm not in, into doing that kind of stuff. I'd rather just um, enjoy the trip rather having to worry about going through uh, Pakistan and, and Afghanistan. Um, I mean, going through the, across the northern side of those countries would be pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of interesting areas across that whole northern kind of steep, as they call it, um, and going into Mongolia and China. But I'm taking another route, um, and it's the route that 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 Tane and Anek did as well. Um, 
so i mean i'm going to catch up with those guys hopefully at some point soon and then they can tell me about this trip as well and i'll get loads more info that i can share but going through iran will be pretty awesome um, i'm really excited about that because it just looks like an awesome place and the people there are meant to be just really really um really accommodating so once i head through iran uh i'm going to be then heading into i guess straight into turkey i guess um for a few places but hopefully into turkey and then into turkey i then hit um i guess the 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 eastern europe um and then pedal on through again there's no plan for that route at all and this will be completely about the stories that i can hopefully follow so if some really interesting stuff comes up that i'm like okay i'm gonna go talk to that guy because he, he's doing stuff that um or, or he's, he's had experience doing whatever he wants to share his story then then cool i'm going there um so that's kind of a a, a slight kind of insight into the route i don't want to dwell on it too much because th that's about as much as i know so far so the main the first leg is going to be um australia there is a big question mark over whether i fly back into new zealand in march i have to leave because my visa expires but i can come back after it expires and i get given a tourist visa as they say so I can actually spend another three months uh, traveling around. So that really depends on money, though. That's that's the big problem with, with uh, this trip at the moment is just managing money. Um. So I also want to share some stuff about budgeting. Um, I know money typically in, you know, Western culture... Most people don't want to talk about it, feel uncomfortable talking about it. Um, actually, I think most people around the world never really want to discuss money. But I, I kind of want to share in this trip as much as I can about my budget and how I've managed it and what I've what I've put together. Um, because I think you know sometimes money's the 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 biggest thing that that controls what you do sometimes. And I think when you talk about money, it kind of helps people feel less stressed about you know organizing things or, or or giving them the idea of doing it so um the situation at the moment for me in new zealand is that i built a camper van uh, i put a lot of money into it because i wanted to experiment with different designs different layout um installing a uh, electrical system uh, with the hope of selling it for more than i paid for it and invested in it so at the moment a lot of my money is invested in this camper van i built in new zealand and i'm gonna hopefully sell that for more than more than um more than I bought for it, so I'm 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 hoping for uh, at least eight thousand New Zealand dollars in, in pounds. That's roughly about half, um, so four thousand um, pounds. So in total, with the work I'm also doing now, I'm in Auckland, and I still got to spend a little bit of money on a few extra bits. I'll hopefully have a starting budget of around five thousand pounds, maybe not sure, maybe four. And again, it depends on what I sell this van for. Um, so, four to five thousand pound is is what I have to spend on this trip. Obviously, I don't want to spend all of it if I don't have to, um, and I want it to stretch as far as I can. Uh, I guess the biggest expense at the moment is going to be the flights, uh, because most of the transport I'll be doing by bike. Um, there'll be a bit of a budget for bike equipment, so if I have any problems on the way, I'm going to have to. Uh, dip into some of that budget um food is going to be the biggest expense as i move uh around and then i guess from from there on it's going to be the emergency accommodation or the accommodation i'm going to want to get in some places if it's cheap enough so that's kind of the overview at the moment of of finances again i'll update uh when i 
finally sold the van and I'm looking at what I've got left. But at the moment I am working in New Zealand and I am earning money. So that's helping me pay for some of the extra bits. Um, so if you do have any questions on that, just give me a shout. I mean, it might even be uh, be cool to sort of have a, have a budgeting spreadsheet and kind of make a note of stuff as and when I go. I'm going to have to do that, I think, just to, so I'm not overspending in certain places. Um, and, and I'm going to have to find a way to break up that money across uh, a year's traveling. So I know that if I've saved or if I spent too much on some days, I'm not going to overspend on some other days. That's kind of when it spirals out of control and I want to uh, find a way to, to not, not get into that kind of uh, negative spending. So yeah, that's budgeting, but again, I'll, I'll share a lot more of that as, as and when I go. It might even be a part of my daily kind of uh, updates as well. Um, and lastly, I want to share about my, my bike and uh, and the equipment I've got at the moment, um, just because I know that this is a big trip about the equipment uh, and how you get things set up. And it's still something I've kind of got my head around everything I need. And one thing I do want to explain for anyone out there who's thinking about this kind of trip or not sure about it or they don't know much about um, uh, traveling on bike there's two very specific differences to to make um, and and this is something I kind of knew about but I didn't really you know question it much but so think about a, a bike you know you need a bike regardless that's just one uh, one mode of transport you're going to have to use and it's the equipment you use with it that um, indicates which type of traveling you're doing so there's uh, bike touring or cycle touring whatever you want to call it uh, and this is kind of the the, the original um, long distance traveling by bike and this is where you typically have uh, a pannier rack on the back uh, maybe a pannier rack on the front as well mostly um, and you have the bags that kind of drop over left and the right side of the rear and mostly the front as well so um, so the guys traveling at the moment through New Zealand so a neck um, they'll have the that kind of setup so they have two bags on either side something at the top and on the front forks as well they'll have two big bags um, on either side the difference with that is bike packing so bike packing is where you're you take less basically um, and you probably have a slightly different bike if you want to as well so, so most people have seem to have a lot of the Surly brands so I don't know much about Surly you know beyond the obvious things that people have told me but but they seem to be more well-built robust um, frames with a lot more um, clearance so you can get different tires in there as well um, but they just have a they're, they're a really strong brand within this community of, of riding uh, they're a lot heavier frames they can be if they break you can you can get them welded back together if if, if you have to um, they have also the the right uh, bosses which is where you kind of screw different things into across the bike so you get buses on the forks you get buses on the the rear stays as well so you can clamp on all your um all your different bits and i think that's probably the biggest uh that's one of the biggest differences between that and my bike my bike um the bike i've got and i'm going to be doing bike packing which bike packing is the more slimmed down version so if you just give it a google you'll soon see the difference um bike packing is where you the main items you can use, or the ones I'm going to be using, are the uh, saddle bag. So this is where, imagine a traditional saddle bag that you put all your uh, pump and your other bits in, and you just whack it on the back of your saddle at the rear. But you know, eight to twenty times bigger than that, and this huge thing comes off the back, um, and you clamp it down with different straps across the uh, saddle and also the seat post. Um, 
and then in that bag you can put whatever you want they're usually pretty big some people put light things inside so they don't sway as much so it's not really too top heavy um, but it depends on what, what you're packing and second to that you can also have a frame bag so the inner triangle where the where the front uh, section the front triangle of the frame sits you can strap a, a bag that covers the top area I mean if you look at any road bike above the where the two bottles sit you can see there's like a like a like a negative space there so imagine there that's where some people are putting bags now I mean you've even seen people putting bags there even if they're not um you know bike packing they just put them there just for throwing all their stash in for for a bike ride this is a really good way to to um, to use that space well um so there's going to be one of those which i think is going to be like more technical kind of gear for me more like uh the batteries the um accessible stuff because when i'm riding that's the area that i'm going to be able to get to really easy so maybe even food things like that um the next bag is going to be the handlebar bag so if you're sitting on a bike and you're looking down you can see your um, handlebars and then the front wheel in that space there in front of the handlebars you can strap a harness um, to then strap a bag to that area the bag that that i'm going to be using is a well the strap the harness i'm going to be using is an out kit one same as the saddlebag and the frame bag and then what you can do in that space is i believe from what i've heard this is the area where it's really good to have heavy stuff because uh, having weight on the front area of the wheel is is a little bit better than having it on the the rear and making your bike a bit more top heavy so that's going to be the place where i'm going to store some more heavier kind of items um that i don't need to access so easily and and lastly the the biggest adaption i'm going to make um i'm not even sure if i'm going to need this but i've got these two blackburn uh fork mounts and these are imagine your typical bottle holder cage but just remove the um remove the the top end of the cage so it's kind of open i guess so if you put anything there it would fall out and then you can basically put straps around it so what you do is you you strap these to the fork on the sides and then you can put bags on top of them and then just strap them in um i'll have some pictures of this at some point but you can you can have a quick google and you'll soon see what these are these are kind of more more like um you don't want to be putting too much weight on these things um especially because the way i'm going to be putting these bags on is going to be different to most people so most people putting these bags on or these these um these cages on would use the bosses that are drilled into the side of the forks um typically built for for those kind of uh, bikes but i can't do that because i'm on a different kind of bike where i don't have them in so the trick is is to use oh, there's different words for these things now but i think it's like jubilee i'm going to call them jubilee clips if you've ever seen them they're used in plumbing and um mainly just plumbing i guess but they're kind of like those metal um round clips and you use a screwdriver to to close them so they actually have some kind of spiral closed mechanism on it so when you tighten them up they they're pretty strong they, they, they would never move so what i'm going to be doing is using a couple of jubilee clips to go through this bracket onto the fork and remember my my fork is actually carbon so i need to be careful not getting too much uh, tightness and um, a little trick i've used before um, and things like that or, or something similar is if you take an old inner tube cut it up 
put it around the inside to protect the frame and also it applies a lot more grip as well so I'm going to be using a, um, some old inner tube uh, inside the clamp and clamp it down and then not too firmly but enough to be able to, to hold it in place and that's the area that you don't want to be putting too much weight in as well so that could be things like accessible jackets um, maybe some of the podcasting gear and I could even reuse the space to put like a, a bigger bottle of water if I'm in somewhere a little bit more remote so that's the setup with the with the equipment. Um, there's going to be a few extra bits. The main challenge I've got at the moment is trying to get the laptop I'm going to be carrying with me back home as well. So the 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 main solution I've got um, I've just figured out today as well is to is to take one of these waterproof laptop bags um, which I've bought from Amazon. It's going back home to the UK and then I'm going to get it posted out. But it's kind of like one of those kind of I guess like a you know those messenger bags you get where you, where they're kind of like all closed up but the top of it's open and then you roll the top down and then you just put a clip over the top it's kind of similar to that um so i need to, to get that and then mount that onto the front bags uh handlebar harness bags so i'm gonna have to find a way to create some sort of strap that that goes around that firmly and then can be strapped around some of the bags or clipped through the bags somehow at the front obviously don't want to um, be sewing into that material because then it just um, makes it not waterproof anymore so I need to find a way of just either gluing to it or somehow clamping around that and, and then bringing that home and then lastly I guess it's the bike um, the bike I'm going to be using is I bought this bike a, a long time ago and I kind of regret buying it but I kind of don't because I'm you know committed to using it now but what I did is instead of looking for a kind of gravel bike that's a bit more relaxed in its geometry and frame and blah 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 um, I mean I'm not very good at the technical aspects of that but what I ended up going for was a cyclocross bike I've ridden cyclocross before so I know it's kind of like a an offshoot of a road bike that's uh, has more I believe a more aggressive way uh, aggressive setup I mean if you're on the bike you're a lot closer to the handlebars than a traditional road bike um, and it's because in the cross cyclocross you don't need to be aero or anything you just need more control of the handlebars and so so yeah the, the, the setup is a little bit different to what I'm used to especially for long distance so hopefully it will work out okay but it's a giant XLR very on the budget on the kind of mid-range budgets uh, size of things so it has uh, it has disc brakes it has mechanical disc brakes which is one thing um, I'm definitely going to stick with because I was reading a bit and also thought if I'm using uh, hydraulic disc brakes then if there are issues with the hydraulics and I'm in the middle of nowhere it's probably game over um, there's no way I'm going to be bleeding a set of hydraulic disc brakes out in the middle of Iraq no Iran sorry sorry Iran you know that's just not going to happen whereas a mechanical i can whip out a, a new cable pull it out through the the hoods of the the the, the brakes and then just re replace them sort of easily enough um or at least do, do do enough to correct the problem so that's 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 one good good positive bit but yeah um i did ride the cross bike on a, on a long three-day bikepacking kind of trip and because my setup was a little bit different i couldn't quite get the couldn't quite get the setup right as my road bike so 
I was basically riding for three days with the saddle too low and over three days it it absolutely fucked up my knee I didn't realize that I got back um, my knee started to swell and I've had problems and I'm still having a little bit of issue with my knee so I'm a little bit concerned about that so hopefully I can either fix up my knee or get the bike kind of fitted up and and working for me um, from a trip back because that's going to be an issue and I don't know I don't know I'm not really sure what happened with that I think if you measure the if you measure the bike the the the, the position to everything is a little bit different to a road bike um, I noticed the button bracket is uh, a little bit lower than than a road bike so I'm not sure what that is that to do with the maybe to do with the 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 comfort of of the ride or um or maybe the the um I'm not sure actually I've no idea if you know let me know I don't anyway I need to get that fixed up and sorted um another thing I was thinking about as well and probably a good thing to share really with 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 long distance trips is the saddle so the saddle that I have on the the giant is shit it's it's the worst thing I've ever ridden um, but my road bike the saddle I got on that is really really nice it's a Celer Italia um, one of those really old school long nose I don't know what the name of it is I can't remember but I'll, I'll share it in an Instagram post because it's it's a really nice saddle and I think they don't even make them anymore and I remember reading about this saddle in a in a magazine or maybe a search for like a really good saddle and that came up as being like one of the one of the oldest but yet one that was used by X amount of champions and and they all kind of believed in this saddle so I went by that and and and, and love the saddle so I was thinking okay maybe I could get another saddle like that or I could go and push the boat out and get myself a Brooks saddle now if you've heard of Brooks I think they're made in Birmingham which is why I'm a bit more um, keen on using them um, it's a bit of a it's they're quite expensive the Brooks saddles um, and the, the the only bits I know about Brooks saddles are that they they're made in a way that the 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 leather that they use i believe it's leather they actually it breaks in over time so you get a perfect fit and some people even say that if you've got a book saddle that's fitted to you then you won't even need to wear um chamois uh, in your uh, shorts so that was cool so i was thinking okay maybe i can i can look at doing that but um actually having spoke to uh Hanai, who's um the new owner of t white's bikes where i'm working at the moment he mentioned but well, he actually showed me when you get a brook saddle, you get given a little key or, or some kind of instrument where you can uh, adjust under the saddle. So what happens is when you sit on the saddle and you're using it, it obviously stretches the material and you then got to retighten the material. So you get these, uh, you get like a key. I didn't really see it properly, but you can kind of use it to retighten up the uh, material. And then when it wears in again, you retighten it and it wears again and you retighten it. And then that's when you develop the shape for your backside, I guess. Um, but it takes a long time and he kind of said to me you know you, you if you're going to be riding it straight away you don't want to be fucking about stretching and re-stretching and re-stretching and trying to get it to fit for you because it's going to be uncomfortable for a while uh and then he just said if i was you just take take your road bike saddle that you've been riding for the last two three years and switch that and stick it on your um cross bike so that was the fuck the most simplest bit of advice i've, I've had since um since I've been planning this trip, so so yeah, I'm just going to rip off my old saddle, stick it on, because the comfort's already there, the shape's already there for me, it already feels feels like home, and if you're a cyclist, you kind of know what that feels like when you sit on a saddle, it's like someone 
and then I'm not going to go there with that. I'm going to go. I'm going to move on. So yeah, so equipment so far is that the uh, I'll, sh- I'll I'll share more of this stuff on the Instagram um, because it'd be cool to just give a quick update. There 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 are some bits I'm going to add to the bike. Um, the key bits I'm going to add that the, the most uh, the most needed parts are number one is getting a uh, what do they call it? It's a it's a sine wave. It's it's one of those dynamo hubs, so I need to get a front hub relaced onto my rims. Um, so I need to strip off my. I need to order the hub first, which I'm going to get from Cycleworks, a New Zealand-based uh, bike packing uh, distribution company. I'm going to get the site uh, the the. I'm not sure what it's called, but but I'm going to get the the dynamo hub from them, guys. I think it's around three hundred dollars. It's about one hundred and fifty pounds, and this is going to be a front hub. And what it does, it generates power, um, which can power things like lights or any, anything anything else you've got on your bike. Um, but what I'm going to have to do is is wire that hub through my bike somehow. Um, and then, I mean, this is obviously I have to strip down my current wheel, take that, that hub out, and then relace, well, re-spoke it, and then relace everything, and then get it working based on the new new hub dimensions. Um, but what you have to do is you have to then wire up that hub to a, an output source. So I guess that that's that's when I need to buy uh, a USB top cap. I guess it's called a top cap. So imagine where your um, where your stem is clamped on to the fork, the cap that holds down the the stem and clamps everything together at that that in the headset area. That will be a USB. So it just comes out the side of it, and then you basically then can plug anything in you want. So what I've noticed people do is they charge up these big battery powers. So, you know, those kind of anchor battery packs that people use now, which everyone has to have if they have a fucking iPhone to keep it charged if you're using it for two minutes. So it'll be one of those, but like a super mega bigger one. So I don't know how big physically it is yet because I haven't haven't, um, received it, but... I'll just plug that in, keep the keep the battery in the frame bag, plug that into the USB cap, start riding my bike, and then over the course of a day, hopefully it'll charge up the whole battery, and then the battery then is a source of power for things like my uh, laptop, which is one thing I've got to figure out, USB, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then all my other little bits as well, so like my Garmin, my phone, my uh, podcast recording kit. And all the extra bits, like the lights and things like that, that I need to charge. Um, so that's kind of how that that's that's one of the main components. The top cap is is more expensive than the the hub itself. It's 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 maybe three hundred three fifty dollars, I think. So it's maybe like two hundred pounds. So that's another quite expensive bit of kit. Uh, and there's also the wiring and the connection kind of bits you need to buy, which is another thirty forty dollars. The other bit of kit that I'm, that I'm I'm thinking of upgrading is the handlebars. Now. If you've if you checked out bikepacking, you know that some people use different types of handlebars. So there'll be the ones that have a slightly flared out uh, drop. So if you look at a handlebar, a typical handlebar kind of like goes obviously left and right out, and then it kind of rolls round forward, and you have your brakes, and then it rolls down. So where you can put your hands if you want to get that area position. These kind of bikepacking handlebars. I'm not sure if they're new or old or or something, but they basically flare out to the left 
and I didn't realize why they did that until I went bikepacking. Uh, because what happens is, well, what I noticed is is that when you have your bags on the handlebars at the front, and if they're if they're too wide, they just clamp up against the side of the the, the handlebars. So if you want to get your hands and fingers onto the handlebars, it can be quite difficult. So having these flared ones that come out left and right, I think will just give you a bit more comfort when you're on the handlebars and you want to get comfortable and just drop down and 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 be be sitting lower for a little little while. So I'm hoping that will help me with that so that's that's the next big thing i need to uh to get ordered uh and there's a few bits and bobs as we say in the uk bits and bobs um to get fixed up i can't remember what they are now let me just have a quick check because it'd be quite quite interesting to share like where i'm at with all my equipment um i mean it, it it's all it's all becoming quite expensive so well okay okay so so the yeah, i've missed this out so I'm I'm going to order potentially two of these. Um, they're called Salsa Anything Cage Bag. So the the two cages I'm going to have either side of the forks, and I hope I'm describing everything clearly enough for you to imagine what I'm talking about. So the two the two mounts that are going to go on the forks, left and right. Uh, you need to get two bags to 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 obviously clamp on there. Obviously, you can use one as a bottle holder if you have to. Um, or you can use two bags. I think I want to use two bags. So I need to order two of those and they're like $65 each. Um, and then I'm just looking at my list of things. So I've got the USB cap, which is three, $370. The Dynamo hub, which is $320. And then I've got a connection kit. I've got a some straps I need to order. What else have I got? Some more straps. Uh, handlebars. Yeah, so that's it. So I'm looking at an extra total for kit. I need to buy another thousand dollars, which is about five hundred pounds. So a little bit more to go. Uh, and that's kind of it in terms of gear and stuff. That's kind of all I've got to at the moment, and it's still more bits I need to to update on. But that's it. I'm not going to keep going on about all that shit. Okay, so that's 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 me done. That's kind of my update of bikepacking life, the travel thing. If you guys have any questions um, about the trip. I'll do another one of these next week. Um, I'm going to do more regularly because it's kind of quite important for me to share what's going on. And, and hopefully if you're listening, you can get some insight and maybe ask me questions uh, via Instagram. It's a good place to catch me. Um, and if you have anything you want to add, anything you want to talk about, um, even if you want to jump on the show and, and you know have some live feedback, then a really good place to do that is through Anchor FM, anchor.fm. Uh, or if you go onto App Store, download, look for Anchor. Um, but Anchor Podcast is a really new tool I'm using at the moment. And what you can do, if you do download it and you jump on it and you log in, uh, you can find me and you can ask me a question via the voice. So if you say, oh, okay, John, I want to ask you a technical question about something, but I can't be asked to write it out, so I'll just send you a voice. I can either add that into the show and then I can reply to it directly um, or I can just read it out and then um, and then answer the question. So. If you have anything you want to know, just give me a shout. And I'm going to do these things on a on a weekly basis, which will be Mondays. Um, and don't forget as well, if you listen to the show, there'll be mail Monday, which I should have done by now already, but I was too busy. So it might be mail Tuesday, which isn't the same, but whatever. Okay, that's it. I'm all done. Have a good week, everyone. Um, love and peace and... Yeah, whatever. Have a t- terrible week or a great week. Whatever whatever floats your boat. Um, bye. <laughs>